This is the Anatomy of a Scream Pod Squad Network. Welcome back to White Ladies in Crisis. It's a podcast dedicated to white women losing their marbles. We are talking about physical season two, episode seven. Don't try this at home. I am Joe Lipset, and I am joined as always by Jen Adams. Hello. As well as Gina Radcliffe. Hello. And uh, ladies, before we started recording, I mentioned that I feel like this episode is a freaking roller coaster because I felt. <laughs> all the emotions. I don't even know where to begin, but Gina, I feel like I'm going to turn it over to you because you said that you have never been more angry at Sheila than in this episode. Yeah, I I just want to say I am now 100% Team Danny. (laughs) (laughs) Which is, which is, you know, I I am amazed at the evolution of this character because Mm -hmm. I described him several times, both on this show and in my review of the show, <laughs> as loathsome. <laughs> yeah, right. And mm-hmm. now I, I, he's trying so hard. He's trying so fucking hard. And and oh my gosh. you know, I mean, I he just he wants to help her. He wants to be in her life. He still loves her so much. And and mm-hmm. she just like spits in his face at the end of the episode, and it just it broke my heart for him. Because because he's gonna find out, and and oh, I yeah. wanted to, I wanted to ask you guys, did you notice that the the last episode of the season is called "Don't You Say Goodbye"? I did. I noticed that a while ago, yeah, and then I forgot so until you just said that. I, so. I, th- I think that this is going to be the last straw for him. I mean, how many more tries is he going to give her? Because you're you're right. Like this episode is such an affront. It feels like everything is finally going right and then i love that physical says oh did you think things were going to be okay because now we're going to pull the rug out from under you we're going to fuck up greta and sheila's relationship and we're going to fuck up danny and sheila and i feel like the show just keeps giving me these big hugs and then just Mm -hmm. punching me in the face yes come on i know because man like roller coaster is right like so many things we're going so well. And I was like, yes, we're finally making progress. We're mm-hmm. finally going forward. And then, I don't know, I feel like I'm a little more still on Sheila's side, more so because I feel like the show is just really doing a great job of showing someone who kind of wants to get their life together, but is terrified mm-hmm. of that. And that yes. hits a, that hits very close to home to me. So it's really hard for me to not be on Sheila's side and to see everybody else's actions as how it affects Sheila. But I, what I love this season is I think it's really expanding the lens and saying, oh, this is how Danny is going to feel about this too. And this is how Greta is going to react. And as opposed to just like how everything affects Sheila, which is the way Sheila sees it, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's interesting. Cause I'm used to shows like focalizing characters in order mm-hmm. to give us insight into how they're feeling so it'd be like here's a danny episode or mm-hmm. here's a greta episode and it's not doing that it's just found a better way to balance and even i guess highlight how they are feeling but it's always almost filtered through sheila's lens so we're seeing like two different sides of the same story 
but without compromising the narrative format of the show. And it's just, it's so well done. Mm-hmm. Yep. Now, I want to ask, what is it specifically, you guys are mad that she is not going to this rehab center, right? Is that the, like the betrayal you're seeing? Yeah, because like, I, I believe that the evening they spent together basically trying to brainstorm ideas. That's the most relaxed I've ever seen her. And, mm-hmm. and you know, and you could see how they were and how they interacted with each other when they first fell in love. Now, right. granted, she was stoned, but, uh-huh. you know, I mean, they were touching each other. And I, let me say, I am so relieved that Danny did not try to make a pass at her. Like, Same. Yes. Yeah, I, I think that would have just like just mm-hmm. killed the killed the whole vibe you know he was just being gentle with her he was like stroking her shoulder they were like you know kind of they were i think they were holding hands at one mo- one time one moment and but i'm glad he didn't push things with her in that regard mm-hmm. i think i think last season danny would have i think so too i think even beginning season two danny yeah. would have yeah. Here's the thing. They they did have sex. It just wasn't in the traditional sense, right? Because right. the film goes from Ernie and Greta having like amazing sex because Greta has gotten what she wants. Mm-hmm. And then we directly transition over to the post-workout session between Danny and Sheila. And they're in the exact same position. They're huffing and puffing. They're sweating. And you're like, oh, it's like a different kind of sex. It just uh. wasn't like what we would normally expect. That's a, such a good, like, insight. I think you're totally right. Because it feels like the most intimate they have been. Oh, like, absolutely. Ever, you know? Yeah. And even the fact that she was able to kind of let her guard down and get high with him, too, I think, mm-hmm. is a step forward for her. Especially knowing with her issues with food that getting high can often cause you to get the munchies. You know, I would see that as being something she would be very on guard about. Um, but yeah, it's like they're having like mind sex, you know, it's like they're yeah. finally, it's like, this is going to sound weird, but you know, when you do like a really, really good pod episode and you feel like everybody is just like going and we've all like in a zone and it's just going really well. And then you click out and it's like, mm-hmm. ah, you know, it's like that. It, that's what it felt like. It's like they were sharing ideas. This is where I was like, they are such a good team. And they are good they ideas, They can be such too. a good team. Exactly. And he was listening to her. Like, it wasn't about him. He was taking, like, what he is good at, which is kind of packaging and selling something or, like, getting mm-hmm. to the heart of what something really is right. and making it a message that will connect with people and like was able to really get at the root of what Sheila is trying to sell. And then she can do a lot of the other stuff. I was like, ah, oh, I wonder, well, I want to say, I wonder what the campaign, Danny's campaign would have been like if Jerry hadn't been around and he had listened to Sheila more, but I don't really care mm. about Dungeon Danny's campaign. So. Yeah, don't give any, don't give any, don't, don't open windows for Jerry. I know, like, I know. Like, if you say his name three times, he's going to Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> the assault that doorstep so he doesn't step yep. through it god, oh god but you're uh, both right i mean like even the frankly uncomfortable role play thing that sheila does when she gets high where she's like i'm a cat and you're oh, just like yeah. oh wow okay this is unusual <laughs> but it's a side of sheila that we never get to see right like right. i was trying to remember if we've ever seen her smoke before I and i couldn't so. remember but if if I don't she think has so. done it it's been a very long time but yeah yeah it's like she she lets go right and that's mm-hmm. when this creative process with danny happens that's when they're finally able to connect she's relaxed mm-hmm. she's funny 
which mm-hmm. which you know she's kind of not really funny most of the time like her her no. like her little you know barbs and all they're not even jokes they're just insults and and yeah. you know this is like she seems like she's having fun and and mm-hmm. for and for a person who is just so restrained and and you know unwilling to you you show a crack in that really kind of serious humorless facade this you know this was a wonderful thing it was also very sad too mm-hmm. because yeah. because it's you know they're not gonna you know they don't have much longer to go you know the t- time is running out for the two of them mm-hmm. well and the reason that i think this all started is because he fully joined her in her vision you know like that you were we had a little chat offline about like whether this danny sheila exercise scene made me cry it did for the record (laughs) but when i saw that message my mind didn't even comprehend what it said that danny and sheila were going to do aerobics together because it was the last thing i was expecting him to do and then Mm -hmm. when he stepped in and started doing it with her in his jeans and his flannel shirt i was like Danny, oh my god. And he was having a good time. He was. He was like, I get it now, which he I think is what it. she wants. That's what she needs. Yes. She needs somebody who is going to believe in her and not like patronize her and not look at her as somebody with a problem to solve. You know, look at her as like a person who is trying to do something, even though like he doesn't like I think he's got his own opinions about it. Like he had to start by going. And saying, well, first of all, hey, here is a solution. I'm not going to say anything about it. Mm-hmm. But if you want to go to this place, it's right here. And I'm going to walk away. And I loved that, too, because that took all the pressure off of her to have an answer in that moment, you know? What's interesting, right? Because it's showing he's he's willing to explore different avenues to reach her. Which, mm-hmm. to me, confirms what you said earlier, Gina. He really, honestly does love her. Because mm-hmm. he tried that direct route last week confrontation is not going to work with Sheila. She will literally shut the door in your face. Mm -hmm. This week, he's like, okay, I'm going to try again. It's going to be a softer touch. I'm going to just present something, but I'm not going to say it. Like he literally says, and I'm just going to walk away. And he leaves her to think about it. But clearly, this is not going to be of interest to her. Like we immediately hear that inner monologue of hers going off. Oh, he wants to shut you down. He wants to imprison you. He wants to make you fat and stay at home and give you a baby and all this stuff. Mm -hmm. So we know that that's not going to work. And then finally, he tries this third option where he actually meets her where she is. And I think for me, that's why that scene plays so beautifully it's because it is unexpected. I never would have thought he would try this with her, but mm-hmm. it also gets to showcase her in her element, which is something he's never seen before, right? Like mm-hmm. he's never seen her teach. He's never seen her do this. He looks at it as an obstacle instead of something that she is truly passionate about. Mm-hmm. And, and I do like how he approaches the idea of her going to get inpatient care for her her Mm -hmm. eating disorder you know he just like yeah there's this place i'm gonna leave this pamphlet for you he doesn't like give her an ultimatum like if you don't go to this i'm gonna leave you or or he's just being very gentle about it which again i don't think last season danny would have been like that i think he would have been like Mm -hmm. you know you better do this or you know making idle threats not hurt her or anything but like you know implying that he will leave her if if Mm -hmm. she doesn't do this you know he's Mm -hmm. he's he's right that she can't proceed in a healthy a healthy way you know, towards the goals that she wants if she doesn't 
get this eating disorder together because mm-hmm. because uh, everybody who has pointed out bunny has said it to her greta later in the episode will say it to her she can't mm-hmm. be putting herself up as a example of good health if she doesn't even yeah. she can't even eat properly yeah mm-hmm. Yeah, y'all notice yeah, she's getting scene. y'all know she's getting thinner and thinner. Like there was like there was like a one scene. Now, I can't imagine Roseburn, you know, did an unhealthy thing. I think she's just naturally very thin. Mm-hmm. But there's a shot where you could see like her ribs, like over like over her breasts, like mm-hmm. which is only apparent if you are unhealthily skinny. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she's definitely thinner than she was last season. It feels like the costuming is doing a really good job of emphasizing that, too, because I did notice, like, you know, she's wearing that absolute fucking sparkly banger of a blazer when Mm -hmm. she goes to this meeting to, you know, coordinate her own firing. But I was like, man, she looks super skinny right now. Like, Mm -hmm. Like her arm, like she has, even though she's doing these you know very intense aerobics workouts she has like no muscle tone in her arms like there's this mm-hmm. she's she, like and, and again you know all of these people are right that she can't be standing up there and being you know yeah i got healthy and so can you it's like well you don't look very healthy mm-hmm. yeah 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 and even like in that meeting she was still wearing her workout gear underneath that blazer which is just kind of where her mindset is and also bulking her up because it's an extra layer of clothing too and she still looks that skinny Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. okay Uh, so what did we think of danny's impromptu decision to jettison maya's college fund to invest in sheila's enterprise that's that's the one negative thing I could see. I think it's part. I think it's part of his, you know, desire of possibly crossing over into desperation to help her and be a part of this. I think Mm. so too. And I think also, you know, it's not like Maya is like sixteen and going to college in the next. I mean, if he believe if he believes that that Sheila can really go somewhere with this, I think his assumption is, you know, she'll make enough they can they can replenish the account. Yeah. He also like they're kind of a generation like. I feel like it was more acceptable to not go to college back then, too. You know? I don't even so, know if he's thinking that far ahead. I, I, I just think he's, he just <laughs> figures they could put the money back yeah. at, at, some, at some point. That's yeah. fascinating, because I saw this as the closest thing to old Danny, where he never mentions money or wanting to be this level of involved until mm. he hears that she has agreed to do it with Greta. So this mm. felt like a very reactionary, like, oh, I need to find a way to still be involved. I need to find a way to still not really control, but just like not lose all of my control and influence. So he says, okay, well, I got to at least stay involved so that it's not just her and Greta. It, I did think like tried to keep that, that from happening. Like it feels almost like Danny and Greta are kind of pitted against each other. Yeah. They yes, definitely in, don't, they yeah. definitely don't like each other. And, and, right. This comes up in my issue with the scene where Greta and and um, Sheila basically have a friends breakup, but we'll, mm-hmm. we'll 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 get to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think because da- Danny clearly knows that Greta doesn't like him. I don't know how much he knows about like her giving Sheila divorce card, divorce lawyer cards, mm-hmm. but I wonder if like the more influence Greta has over Sheila, the more she is going to push her away from Danny you know I can definitely see that oh sure yeah Yeah. I did love his 
so you're seeing somebody, right? You know, just his mm. how he approached that whole conversation, especially given what he knows about her and about confronting her and probably what she was going after an affair for, too, you know? Like, I just thought that was the most healthy conversation I've seen them have in a really long time. Like, even his, like, if, if this is going to continue, we need to talk about what this means, you know? Yeah. And apparently she does know about him and uh, what's her face from and Simone. 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 Yeah. Interesting. Or, you know, who knows before Simone, you know? But that's also right. true. That's also true. Yeah. 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 And that, if he was going to get all right, self-righteous about that, I was going to be like, look, Danny. So I'm glad he mm-hmm. didn't, you know? Yeah, you're, you're right, Jen. This felt very mature. And I feel like we are all in agreement that the series has really fucking found itself like in these last Mm -hmm. sort of stretch of episodes but i was so surprised at how many things come out in this episode like everyone is really speaking their truth in this episode Mm -hmm. yeah yeah and just because she because when she doesn't or when he doesn't confront her like that that is when she's like able to really tell him the truth about this relationship like no it didn't really mean anything and it's over you know and she does you can really see I think her kind of realizing what that whole affair meant, you know, and it wasn't mm-hmm. really that she was in love with John Breen. And when I think about like that tape, Bunny and, and Tyler really did her a big favor with that. Like she has really benefited from that whole like external cause of ending this relationship, you know? Yeah. yeah. It, it's surprising. I mean, I really didn't I think the tape was going to go in this direction. Even like, oh, okay, she's got the tape back because Augie gives it to her. So I guess mm-hmm. my prediction that this was going to be used for blackmail or it's going to implode her life. Uh, no, because in a way, Sheila says, okay, I've got control. I'm going to implode my own life, but in maybe what she thought was the best way possible. Yeah. I mean, I could still see it coming back. Like, my my rule, <laughs> not to get too personal, but my rule is to never put anything on tape and never take any pictures because I just do not trust that once there is a recording of anything that it is ever really gone. <laughs> so I could mm-hmm. see that popping back up at some point down the road. But it looks like for right now, that is resolved, you know? So speaking of resolved, let's talk about John Bream and oh, Maria. because I fucking hate him now. <laughs> I did not expect this to go in this direction either. No, nope. yeah, we didn't. We didn't get the. I I had predicted that his his older son would you know give him what for for what happened. No, mm-hmm. uh, there's no real confrontation with Maria. She's just uh, you know understandably so happy and relieved that the baby's going to be okay that we know of at this point. And you know, finally seeing John there, there's no real confrontation there. He just basically has this like sobbing breakdown, and and that seems to almost disgust her, mm-hmm. which is oh, 100%. yeah, which is an int- which is interesting. I thought, yeah. Well, to me, that was actually in place of a confrontation. Like we were seeing two different ways couples can try to work things out, right? Like we've seen Danny change his tactics until he finally manages to reach Sheila. And what we're seeing with John Bream and Maria is a complete shutting down of things, right? Like, to the extent where I'm like, oh, well, this is actually way less healthy than Danny and Sheila because Mm -hmm. John Bream finally becomes emotionally vulnerable, right? Like, that's what his breakdown is. And Maria immediately sees it as a sign of weakness. And I'm Mm -hmm. just like, okay, we are back to these fucking 
patriarchal, heteronormative gender roles where she says, you need to be a man, you need to man up, like put all that feeling shit away because you're the the man of the house. And I was just like, okay, so she's she's not the spineless kind of silent, subservient wife that we thought, but also she only wants the status quo. Yeah. Like she wants to just have the facade continue. Well, I mean, what is she going? What is she going to do without him? I mean, she doesn't oh, have sure. a job. Yeah. She's, you know, she's stuck with, you know, two kids and a baby that you know survived her birth, but is probably going to have some health issues. Mm-hmm. You know that, and that are going to cost an arm and a leg to take care of. She needs him. Yeah, oh, sure. It it just also feels like churchy brainwashing stuff. Oh, oh definitely. Like, oh, yeah, okay, yeah, cool. yeah. Were y'all thinking we will adopt your baby when she uh. came out? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh my god. Okay. Yeah, I feel like there is an entire alternate version of this show from Maria's perspective. In the same way, we're seeing Sheila's like total like clench of control and not willing to like change anything i like i feel like maria has that level of unhealthiness in her life as well and she's Mm. just like desperate to hold on to it in any way she can and and to avoid having to admit how unhealthy her life is and it's just that we are focused on sheila you know i don't know if i really want to see maria's perspective of the show but i feel like she and and sheila have a lot more in common than i think they realize you know from a fundamental needs perspective you know I will say John Bream's breakdown was hilarious. Like I loved that performance. He was like, and I don't even want to go to church. I tried alcohol. It was okay. Like just this outpouring (laughs) of everything was just so great. Like I am really loving this actor. Although I am fully on the, I hate John Bream trail now. (laughs) I do. I do like what she, when Maria asked, do you love her? And he's like, no, I hate her. She's as bad a person as I am. I know that was hilarious. Yeah. But man, like what a betrayal for him. Like when she opens the bathroom door, especially Mm. knowing that that is like what he knows about Sheila. He knows that that is where she like, there just felt like such a mirroring of her coming out of the bathroom as Mm -hmm. Sheila has come out of the bathroom so many times and finding him there. And I just, it punched me in the stomach for Sheila. I felt so bad for her in that moment because she thought that like she was going to go meet the cable guy and maybe they were going to have an uncomfortable conversation. But for them to try to like save her like that was just, Ew. Oh yeah. yeah. Maybe the worst thing I think I've seen him do on this show. So do you think that Sheila was going there expecting to continue their affair? Or do you think that she was going to try to like Jen, you just said to have an uncomfortable conversation. I don't know. I, I want to think she was going to go there and have an uncomfortable conversation. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. I don't think she was. I don't think she, that part of their relationship is done. I think the, you know, I think the, so. the sexual part. And I think they both know it. And it makes me wonder if this episode, if she had not had that confrontation, I say in quotation marks, with John mm-hmm. Breen and the conversation with Greta, if she would have stayed. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Or, or actually gone. gone to rehab. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I wonder how much that played into her. Like, well, fuck it. I don't have anybody. I'm just getting the hell out of town. Yeah. Because I think as much as she appreciates what Danny did for her, that severing with Greta and then, I mean, the the scene with John Bream and Maria in the hotel room was so uncomfortable for me to watch, not just because of the betrayal, but just the look on Sheila's face, she looks like a child who yeah. is being like beaten or or terrorized by an adult. And like mm-hmm. even just the way that the scene is shot, when we get to see it from her point of view, 
It's this low angle camera, which is looking up into the faces of like two stern religious parents. And I'm just like, this is exactly the opposite of what Sheila needs right now. She does Mm -hmm. not need this kind of talking down to. And it's right. Yeah, it's so deeply uncomfortable. She already shames herself enough. She doesn't need it from anyone else. And that's why I was a little like I completely understand where Greta is coming from. But I was feeling really mad at Greta in that moment, too. And I think that, like, kind of going back to what I said, I just, it's really hard for me to identify with anybody outside of Sheila on this show, you know? Mm -hmm. And I was like, because she does tell Greta. Sorry, I feel like I'm jumping ahead. No, it's fine. Let's, Let's transition over because this is... I mean, really, there's there's two sort of emotional stakes in this, right? It's mm-hmm. that scene where Danny finally reaches Sheila by joining her in the workout. And then it's this dissolution of what I think Greta was looking at as a kind of compromised marriage proposal, yeah. right? Like, everything was going so great at lunch. We were going to celebrate with champagne. And yeah. then we break up in the park. Yeah, they were even going to get a contract on paper, you know, which mm-hmm. is very marriage-like, you know. I, I have to admit, I, I don't like where the show has taken Greta the past couple episodes. I I, I, I think that the, oh, well, she's in love with Sheila. That, that feels like that came out of nowhere for me. Um, oh, really? Okay. And I, and I feel like, you know, it's kind of implied that it's part of her discovering herself sexually. Mm-hmm. And that Sheila has made her realize that she is probably bisexual. Mm-hmm. But I, I really, she really came off like a jealous lover. Um, yeah. and, and like, and Sheila's right. You No matter how Sheila feels about Danny herself, Greta really crosses the line a lot in the way she talks about Danny and, and yeah. being very openly distasteful and hostile towards him Mm -hmm. and to me that's like i will tell you when you could be direct and and disrespectful to my spouse you know what i mean like like you know yeah i i'm you know i realize that i've been talking to you about problems in the marriage and how i feel about him but you know i haven't known you as long as i've known danny and and, you know she really hasn't known greta that long at all and mm-hmm. I think that Sheila, while Sheila doesn't know how to be a friend because she you know, holds herself back too much, I think she's right that she, that, that Greta expects too much from her. Like, yeah. you, you can't be telling someone you've only known for, at the most, a year, well, we can't have any secrets from each other. And, mm-hmm. and it's like, I mean, can't we? <laughs> right. <laughs> because she should, if she cares about Sheila so much, she should know that it's a lot for Sheila to be honest and open about herself. Right. And it's the very next conversation when she reveals like the deepest secret she has, like, and she just kind of spits it out like defensively, like, yeah, you want to know all my secrets? Here it is. And then she gets proof that Greta is going to disapprove of this. And Greta immediately throws it back in her face. And I understand why. And I think she's right to say, you know, I think you're selling a lie is a little harsh, but she's right. But I mean, that is mm-hmm. not going to get Sheila to open up to her anymore. Like that's, that's not what Sheila needs, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think Sheila was absolutely sincere when she wanted to bring Greta on as a partner. I think so too. You mm-hmm. know, I, I think, I think that Greta is right that at least at first 
Sheila only wanted to be friends with her because she needed a fat friend to make her look thinner. And sure. I mean, you know, I I have been the fat friend. And, mm-hmm. you know, you you can tell when that is, you know, what's going on. But I right. think that I think that, you know, Greta became for Sheila the closest thing she would consider a friend. Mm-hmm. But you know, they like I said, they they don't know how to be friends in very different ways. Like, right. you, you know, Sheila is too reserved. Greta comes on too hard. Like, like they're they're oh, yeah. you know they're complete opposites in that regard. Well, and it's like Greta has learned how to be confident too. Because if we think about like beginning season Greta like she was so meek and so insecure and I feel like she in the same way as Sheila is learning how to be honest like Greta is learning how to like be assertive and she is just kind of going overboard in this moment I completely agree with you Dina that she is way overstepping with Sheila's marriage you know and it reminds me there's the Sex and the City episode where um, they're talking about you know you don't ever tell a friend that they should leave their spouse because Mm. then if they don't then you can't ever like you can never take it back exactly you've burned that bridge like there is and this is something i think you learn the hard way a lot of times as you say like sheila you are my friend my loyalty lies with you i will get mad at danny if you want i will listen Mm. to what you want to tell me about danny and i will support you in whatever you want to do but it's not my place to make that decision and i feel like she is a little more invested than I think she needs to be. I don't know if it's romantically. Part of me thinks that that because her so much of her liberation has come through like this sexual desire from Ernie that like she kind of views her assertiveness and her confidence through the lens of sex. And mm-hmm. that's where a lot of this is coming from. Like, I don't I don't know how much she wants to be with Sheila as much as she wants to be Sheila. You yeah. Know? Yeah, I think it's tricky because we we're reading between the lines from like a 2022 lens. And Mm -hmm. I think it's possible we're inferring a little bit more like romantic feelings, but the show isn't also telling us everything. So Mm -hmm. we, we have to kind of do this, but I guess the, the thing that I liked most about this is I'm a huge fan of when shows let characters actually speak their minds. And like, Uh there is a lot of truth telling, like, Everything that Sheila and Greta are saying to each other is really fucking harsh and harmful, but it's all actually applicable. Like, they are getting their true, honest feelings on the table, and there's so much catharsis. Like, I I get the impression from our conversations around this show in the past that the two of you don't always love the conflict, especially the conflict between women. Mm. But for me, this felt inevitable. We had to get to this scene so that we can either see them repair their friendship and grow or realize maybe we have been using each other in ways that are unhealthy, like we have been doing with men and other relationships in our lives. I completely agree. Well, yeah, yeah, I hope that they, you have the insight to see that the way they are as people, they have to understand that they may not be able to give each other what they want. It it doesn't, it doesn't mean they can't be friends, but they Mm -hmm. may not be able to be like, like intimate. And I I don't mean like sexually, I mean like very, very close friends Mm -hmm. because, you know, I, I think Retta, 
wants to be seen as someone's, you know, confessor, someone's, you know, closest friend, someone she feels like, you know, okay, this person trusts me with their, their most ultimate darkest sacred. Because right. that's, that's no powerful thing, you know? I oh, mean, yeah. You know, the idea that someone would come to you specifically and mm-hmm. look at view you as someone they can trust with something that would be you know embarrassing if not outright harmful if anybody else heard about it. now i don't be like you know oh well i killed a guy or something like that <laughs> right. But right. like you know i have a drug problem i have an eating disorder yeah. you know i i spent all my money or something like like you know yeah i'm telling you i'm telling you about this because i need to talk to someone and mm-hmm. that someone is you and it's it humbles you it makes you feel like wow this person really think i'm really this person's friend and right. yeah like i said it's it's a very you know moving and special moment in a friendship yeah well and that her line like i'm gonna buy us a vacation to acapulco too i feel like that gives her some kind of power like being important to someone being needed by someone but also like she's married to eddie who is so rich and can give her all of these things and she just kind of is drifting along and i feel like she's really trying to find her thing mm-hmm. you know and i think that she and sheila could really do something together like i think they would be great partners but they're gonna have to get through this first and i think you're right joe like they need to get this out of the way and i really hope that they can can realize that like you can't be somebody's everything you know like nobody can depend on just one person i was really really excited when that conversation with she and greta started because i thought sheila was going to and i think this is what she was going to do was going to say hey let's all three of us work on this thing you know like not kick sheila out for danny but say danny wants to invest too and she was very much framing it as still like sheila and greta's thing that danny wants to become a part of Mm. and i think greta just felt really really threatened by that in the same way that we just talked about danny feeling threatened you know yeah 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 danny and greta can't look past their own egos and insecurities to realize that if they both care about sheila so much they get over their dislike for each other and try to, you know, work for the better of Sheila's plan. Yeah. Right. Well, the other issue is that, like, no conversations have actually been had. Mm. The big thing between Sheila and Greta in this episode in particular is that they are both just absolutely barreling ahead without any kind of plan. Like, mm-hmm. I get that Sheila is, like, cool, close that door and now I'm going to open this window to Greta and we're just going to go into business. But like she herself even goes home and realizes, Oh, I don't have a fucking plan. I haven't really thought this through. And like, that's when Sheila's problem a lot of the time, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but like it, it's so evident here that she and Greta never really talked about their expectations or their shared goals it's just like hey do you want to go into business yes and then all of a sudden it's hey i invited my husband to join us on this well i fucking hate your husband and now we're in a giant fucking fight and it's like ladies maybe you needed to take that step back and just talk about like what is your shared vision for this what does it look like you know it's not enough to just say i'm gonna draw up these marriage slash contract papers it's like did Sheila want an Acapulco retreat? Right. We don't know. Like, they're making so many default assumptions. Of course it was going to come to this. And then the moment that those floodgates open, everything comes pouring out. Yeah. 
And that's why that scene with Danny is so meaningful is because they are sharing a vision and they are working together to find a shared vision. And you're right. If Sheila and Greta could have that conversation, but I wonder how much Sheila is looking at Greta as money and support. Mm. I think there's a lot of that. I don't think that's totally what she's looking for because I do think that she values Greta's friendship, but it's tricky, right? Like we, we really don't have a good sense, but I'm inclined to believe that she is thinking a little bit more advantageously. Like Sheila walks out of that boardroom. She's literally got the giant picture of herself in one (laughs) hand, the tape tucked in under her arm. And she calls Greta from their front office. It's like Mm -hmm. she wastes no time in lining up a financier And then meanwhile, you hear Ernie say, oh, well, okay, this sounds like a good investment. And Greta immediately corrects him and says, it's not an investment. Like, I'm not doing what you do, husband. Mm. I'm like, this is a partnership. And like the the two different ways that Sheila and Greta are approaching this, I think there's just a giant riff in the way that they look at this business. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, it it is an investment. You know, Mm -hmm. he's, you know, Ernie's right. It's, Mm -hmm. you you have to, you have to have seed money. You know, you have to be willing to take a chance. It's an investment. Whereas I think Greta is, oh well, this will stri- this will make our friendship even stronger. It's like no, exactly. you are setting yourself up for heartbreak. Yeah, yeah. and it yeah. might make your friendship even stronger, but it's going to get real messy before that happens. And I think that's like when I see Sheila driving away at the end of this episode. I think it has become very messy for her. And I think she's Mm -hmm. realizing that there is not a simple solution. It's not like, oh, I'm just going to sign a partnership with Greta. Like, no, they are going to have to have these hard conversations and it's going to be hard. And she's going to have to have hard conversations (laughs) with Danny. (laughs) And she's going to have to have these conversations with, uh, with John Bream, you know, and she is not, she is driving the fuck away. Always. (laughs) Where do you think she's going? She's going to LA, man. Yeah. She's going to LA. Vinny is, right? Yeah, she's going to go see, she's gonna see Vinny. Yeah, because she's free, right? So yeah. she is probably going to do what we thought she was going to do a couple episodes ago. She's going to try to make some kind of partnership work with him. Because you know what? It's a it's a fresh start, right? Like, yeah. And she, and, she has, and she has no emotional connection with him. Yes. Mm-hmm. Because, of course, instead of actually having to process her emotions and do that hard work, <laughs> she's like, fine, I guess I'll leave my husband, my child, my best friend, my lover. I'm going to leave everything in San Diego. And what? Like, I'm so curious. I Sheila, know. do you honestly think that you can just leave your entire life behind and start fresh in L.A.? Yep, I think she does. And that's where I really like love this show because I feel her in this moment. There are so many times where I'm like, man, I'm just going to fucking move to a tree house. And I'm just gonna leave it all behind, you know. I'm because gonna that, Sheila my life. Exactly, because I mean that's like the temptation to. That's like when mm. you're, if you mm-hmm. ever watch Intervention, when they just bolt out of the room, you know. It's like I've just got to get away from all right. of this stress, and it's yeah. all gonna be great in this new place. And it's, I mean, it's gonna eventually blow up in her face, I'm sure, oh, of because she hasn't. I mean, she's made a lot of progress, but she's still got some big issues she needs to deal with, and you know, mm-hmm. odds are Vinny does too. So interestingly enough, it took me almost 24 hours to realize that uh, Bunny and Tyler do not appear at all in this episode. Like that's how I think well constructed and engaging, like emotionally engaging this episode is that Mm -hmm. it finished and I was like so awash in my roller coaster of emotions. And then I realized, oh shit, we didn't even touch base with Bunny and Tyler. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm always on Tyler watch. So I thought, (laughs) (laughs) but yeah. (laughs) 
I honestly think they might not be back because I mean they're like I said their storyline you know unless they're gonna do a whole other thing with them completely their connection to to Sheila has you know really come to an end at this point unless unless they were lying about making copies of the tape and I don't think they actually were. I don't, I don't think, think so either. So. No. I wonder if uh, she's going to show up at Vinny's studio and they're going to be there. Yeah. I I don't think that's going to happen, but that would. Man. I have to believe <laughs> that we're not done with them. I could understand why why you keep thinking so, Gina, but I just I don't think that the show is going to write out two main characters without giving them more of an obvious exit, like yeah, having them publicly declare we are leaving, we are doing this thing now goodbye you will never see us again and i mean i could see that with the remaining episodes or i can mm-hmm. see us not checking back in with them until the next season you know? yeah well, i mean right. they do have them they do have the money and i think that they're going to use half of it to you know get themselves a decent place to live you know a decent God, place so. a <laughs> decent you know vehicle to get them around and then the that other half to 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 yeah to get a, a bunny back on her feet as an aerobics instructor and right. so i think if they pop up later she's going to be a, a competitor mm-hmm. i hope so i i would love that for bunny because i i this is me being selfish. I just don't want their story to end here. Like, I, I need to know what happens with these two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they've set up so many interesting things. And these, I feel like they finally started to kind of develop these characters and give them interesting things to do. And, you know, as much as we say Sheila is not healthy, Bunny's not healthy either. You know, oh, she's God, constantly no. drinking speed. She's still drinking so, speed. <laughs> exactly. So if she, like, props herself up as some kind of, like, healthy person like that's just as problematic as Sheila doing it too so I want to see that and I want to and I just want to see Tyler more he's just so don't see that many characters on TV that are that charming and that Mm -hmm. good-natured and really want to do the right thing and I just love how they have depicted him you know yeah. I also have a, I mean, it's, if, if you haven't realized by now, I have a giant crush on that actor. So, you know. <laughs> I, I yes, also Jen, selfishly I, th- want I think to see we are more. all well aware at this point. <laughs> Jen is fully on Team Tyler. <laughs> okay. Well, we have three episodes left in the season. Next week, oh. we're off to LA. I'm excited. I'm trepidatious, but uh, let's leave it at that. So, Jen, if people want to get a hold of you to talk about not Tyler, <laughs> only LA related subplots, how would yes, they do totally. so? <laughs> uh, you can find me at Jen Peratu on Twitter and Instagram. Please don't send me any pictures of Tyler, not at all. Um, mm-hmm. And you can also find me co hosting the Losers Club podcast, which is about Stephen King, and Psychoanalysis podcast about mental health and horror. Lovely. And Gina. I am the co-host of the Kill by Kill podcast in which we talk about horror movies according to the characters. And you could find me on Twitter under Gina Does Things. Fantastic. And if people are looking for a little bit more from me, you can hear me on Horror Queers every Wednesday and I can be reached at B Stole My Remote and that's the letter B. Thanks, as always, to the Anatomy of a Screen Pod Squad Network. Make sure that you're checking out the other pods on the feed, the altar tapes, bodies of horror, good for her, all the good shit. And, uh, yeah, so we'll leave White Ladies in Crisis at that. (laughs) Off to L.A. next week. But until then... Uh, Don't thrust your sex parts into your friend's life. (laughs) (laughs) Always always good advice. It is a good good advice. advice. (laughs) 
Oh boy. Oh boy. <sighs> Anatomy of a Scream, Pod Squad.